You're watching the community MMA. What up? What up? This your boy Crisscross checking in. This is the community MMA. Last night, all types of great fights at UFC Vegas 77, including Holly Holm, looking to get one more title fight before she rides out into the sunset. But she's got to get past Myra Bueno Silva. So buckle your seatbelts because we're gonna go through this card and reactions very quickly so let's kick it off holly home first bueno silva is how it went down last night and as we head into round two now holly home clearly looking tired the punches from bueno silva taking effect but now she's trying to get her energy level up again pacing back and forth in the corner and round two is underway but who knows how this plays out i mean if holly home's going to get another title shot it's going to happen right now I don't know if she can go five rounds at this pace. She's just getting older. It's the bottom line. And Holly Holm takes it right. Now she drives Bueno Silva back into the fence. And this is what she's got to do. She's got to continue to control her. You know, you when you're in the open area, Bueno Silva. Oh, and Bueno Silva. She's got her in the, oh, she's got her in the submission attempt here. And Holly Holm made a big mistake lowering the head, and it's locked in. I mean, it is locked in. Holm's in trouble, and she taps, and that's it. And Holly Holm is pissed. She just got caught. And Bueno Silva now will be in the top five, three or four now, in the women's bantamweight division. And the division just got a lot more exciting. Amanda Nunez retired. Holly Holm is out. She's done. It's over. And we got another contender in Myra Bueno Silva. And I think Holly Holm knows it now. I wouldn't be surprised if she retires right now. Because I think Holly Holm knows that's it. Yeah, so Holly Holm went down last night. And to me, that's it. I mean, this you can see the look on her face. I thought she would retire right there. But, you know, Holly Holm, ever the competitor, who knows how much money she needs as well. She can still fight another five to seven fights if she really wants to, but to be in title contention, I think that's it. Unless she gets a top contender, it can muster a win, but the, the strength isn't there, the endurance isn't there, and it's just a sad day for Holly Holm. Jack Madalena moved up to the co-main event last night, was supposed to fight at UFC 290, made the weight cut, welterweight division, didn't get the fight, had to make a second weight cut, and you would think it'd be easy against Basil Hafez, but it was anything but easy last night. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Basil Hafez has taken Jack De La Maddalena to a decision. We're waiting on those results now. Uh, and he did it with multiple takedowns. Well, really three, but he had 650 of control and he just repeatedly shot in for takedowns. Maddalena had a takedown. Hafez reversed it. Now, in terms of striking, it was all Madalena, 105 to 41 in significant strikes, 162 to 58 total strikes, uh, head strikes, 71 to 34. So all Madalena in the striking, but Hafez did what he had to do, get to a decision that probably earns him a, a couple more fights in the UFC, considering the Jack De La Madalena has won four fights in a row, and he's 4-0 in the UFC, all by first round finish. But Hafez took him to a decision, and here we go crazy and here we go 29 28 Hafez 
Are you serious? 2928 Madalena. No way. Come on, man. Jack Dela Madalena gets a split decision. And he don't look too happy about that, <clears throat> but he gets to win regardless. It should have been 30 to 27, in my opinion, because of the striking. Yeah, so Madalena squeaks out of victory. And, you know, when you see guys have to cut weight twice, it always plays a major factor. It just goes to show you how important the the weight cut is for any fight. You know, you're not used to going two weight cuts, but just that main weight cut to get into a fight, it really depletes you. And to have to do it twice, he just didn't look like he had the strength and endurance last night. But he still managed to get a victory. Um, and now we'll see where Madalena goes next. He still wants to fight Sean Brady. Can you blame him? That's an opportunity to move up uh, in the welterweight division. So we'll see what happens there when Sean Brady's ready to return. You also had Otman Azatar taking on Francisco Prado. Now Otman lands a jab and another left elbow, though. Nice work by Otman. Comes in with a flying knee and misses. Prado's a big boy, man. He's got big shoulders. Can take a punch. Now lands a right and a left. And that caught his attention now. Spinning back elbow by Prado. Oh, my goodness. And Azatire's in trouble. He's holding on right now, but Prado's standing up, pounding away. Boy, Notman's holding on here. The ref's looking at it. Couple hammer fists now. Boy, and Ottman's in trouble. The ref's going to jump in. And that's it. 55 seconds left in the first round. And Ottman is challenging the stoppage as he stands straight up. But look at him. Forget about it. That's a good stoppage by Chris Tanyoni. Yeah, so Ottman Azatar gets finished by Prado. Uh, one of the surprising finishes last night. But shouldn't be surprised. Francisco Prado is a good fighter. So he takes down Ottman Azatar. He also had a big one between Dureyev and Yong Park, which looked like it was going to be the co-main event. This fight got bumped down to fight four, but it's still uh, proved worthy of a main card fight. Well, and it looks like I guess we don't have that one. It's all good. Nonetheless, uh, Yong Park did get the victory there uh, in dominating fashion over Albert Dureyev, so credit Yong Park for coming in. We told you he would dominate. He did, and uh, a decisive victory for him. You also had Nazim Sadikov versus Terrence McKinney. And, you know, we had Sadikov predicted to win, but we like Terrence McKinney. This is how this one finished up. Boy, McKinney drives in, gets shoved off by Sadikov, now comes in again, looking for the single leg. But now all of a sudden, Sadikov's got his has taken the back of McKinney and side control from the back. Wow. Now McKinney's trying to lift him up. Look out. Look out. Don't expose yourself. All right, McKinney gets to his back, so that's going to help here. First minute gone, second round. Now Sadie calls on top. Oh, McKinney's putting himself in trouble here. Oh, he's got the arm locked behind his back. It's stuck. The left arm's stuck. Oh, and Sadikov locks it in. Yeah, McKinney taps. And you know that hurt him, man. And Aljamain Sterling shown on the side rooting for Nazim Sadikov, who gets to win, and we'll take it. You know, as I said in a prediction, I'm a Terrence McKinney fan. We'll eat the prediction if we lose it. But as predicted, Nazim Sadikov gets the win. 
Yeah, so big win for Nazim Sadikov, just as we expected. And, you know, a great night of fights, especially when you get to the main card. And this was a late card, right? Main card starting at 10, so this thing didn't get over to almost 1 in the morning. But still, still kind of shocked that Holly Holm fell. I thought that she'd uh, bring more to the table and, and get one more chance at a title fight. But, you know, she's near the end of her career now, 41 years old. So some good fighters last night, Francisco Prado, Nazim Sadikov, and... When you look at uh, how the picks went down last night, it was an incredible night. I mean, we didn't get the main event, so we followed at 18 and 6 there, but we were 10 and 3 on the night. Unbelievable. And lost two of the last three. So at one point, uh, we were 9 and 1 going into the final three. So even if you lose those, you're 9 and 4. So solid night for us 180 and 106 overall. We got Eileen Perez, we got Munoz. Azat Maxim making his UFC debut, Evan Elder. We're really putting a lot more focus into those bottom four fights where we normally struggle. Lingo fell, but we also got Dudakova and Bagdasarian. So we went 6-1 and one in the prelims, 4-2 and two in the main card with Jung Yong Park, Norma Dumont, uh, who got in a scuffle backstage with Chelsea Chandler, who got in each other's faces, but that proved not to even be a fight. Norma Dumont dominated Jack, that Jack De La Madalena got the win. But Holly Holm and Ahmed Azatar fell, so we lost those. But still, uh, a great night of picks for us last night at UFC Vegas 77. We'll take it all day, every day. You know it. So as we move ahead, we got UFC London coming up. We'll get into that in a moment. But Hamza Chamayev back in the news never really leaves the news. And with the Jamal Hill... Uh, injury, you know, he hurt his Achilles playing basketball. He relinquished the title. So now you have Yuri who relinquished the title. You got Jamal Hill who relinquished the title. Both of those guys are going to be out for some time. Yuri's marching back, but it's still going to be a while. You got Jan Blahovich taking on Alex Pereira. Will that be for the vacant belt? We'll see. And should Hamza get involved in the light heavyweight division? You know, I wasn't even thinking of this till Kenneth Bruner brought it up. He said, unlikely, I know, but Hamza should immediately call this out and jump into the 205 title shot conversation. His true weight class is 205, in my opinion. He would destroy either Yuri or Pereira. Pereira wanted to fight Hamza at 205 if the title wasn't on the line. That's because he didn't want to fight for the middleweight title, right? Nowhere to run now. Hamza should seize the moment. And when you look at the rankings there, right, Jamal Hill and Yuri out. Blakowicz tied up. I'm not sure what Alexander Rogic is doing. I know he had an injury too. I don't know if he's close to being back. But if you're Hamza, forget Jared Cannonier. Call out Magomed Ankalaev if you're serious. Right? If you go in there and beat Ankalaev and Pereira beats Blahovic, you got a vacant title shot immediately between those two. And that's what uh, we hope to see as Hamza fans. You know, the Jared Cannonier fight, it is what it is. It gets him a high rank in the middleweight division. Would it get him a title shot? I don't know. You know, and then you got to mess around with the fact that if Duplessis wins, then there's going to be a rematch with Adesanya. And then if Adesanya wins, you might have a trilogy. So all of a sudden, wherever Hamza goes, it seems like you're going to have rematch after rematch. You had Adesanya Pereira, he sat through. You had to sit through that. You had Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman, and... Walter Waite, he's got to sit through that, and he wants a high-level fight with a chance to fight for the title. And I know some of you that don't follow Hamza, you just listen to the news and the fact that he hasn't fought in a while, you forget how good this guy is. 
and you want to slam him. But the fact is, he can go in there in any weight class and get the job done, but especially middleweight and light heavyweight. And if you think he can't beat Magomed Ankalaev, you got something else coming. I'm telling you, he'll go in there and finish him in the first round. Ankalaev is a slow-paced fighter. Hamza will go in there and, and tag him. Does he need to go for the takedown? I don't know, but he's too quick. He'll be light on his feet, and he would definitely get the win there, and I'd love to see that at UFC 294. But we'll see what the UFC has in store. Things may be changing as far as the Cannoneer fight with the loss of Jamal Hill. And eventually, if Adesanya can win, he's going to be trying to go up there because this is the time to get it. Now, I didn't think Adesanya would beat Blahovich back then. That was a big prediction back three, four, five years ago. Now, I think Adesanya wins that fight. I honestly do. So that's where things stand. Hamza's still up in the air. We'll have to wait and see how all this shakes out. But love to see him creep into the light heavyweight division and the easiest run or path at a title. Now, as promised, when we got big cards the following week, like this week, UFC London, always a great night of fights. The crowd's going to be in a frenzy. And you, know, you got some big fights. Two fighters uh, that are going to be crowd favorites. We're going to first begin with Molly McCann and Julia Stoliarenko here in the co-main event. Let's get to it. In the women's flyweight division in UFC London, you got Molly McCann, the home crowd favorite, coming at 13-5, and five, taking on Julia Stoliarenko, who comes in at 10-8. and eight. And this kind of seems like a softball for Molly McCann as it's been at these UFC London cards. But that's okay because the crowd wants to see Molly McCann win. She's three inches shorter at 5'4". She's 33. Uh, Julija Stoliarenko, 30 years old. McCann's given up four inches in reach. Both fighters stand right-handed. Miley McCann, 5.8 significant strikes per minute to 2.8 for Julija. Uh, Miley McCann also lands like uh, a takedown every other round. Stoliarenko, not so much. Miley McCann also has a 44% takedown defense. That's always a problem for her, but when it goes to the ground, she seems to be okay. Um, Stoliarenko's 62% takedown defense. Now, here's the thing. Molly McCann coming off the loss to Aaron Blanchfield by submission, but we know Aaron Blanchfield is pretty darn good. Before that, she beat Hannah Goldie by KO and Luana Carolina by uh, spinning back elbow KO. So she's looking good. On the other hand, Julia Stoliarenko lost to Chelsea Chandler by KO and beat Jessica Rose Clark. But this is an easy one. I mean, Julija's not even on the same level as Molly McCann. I mean, Molly McCann has a long way to go, especially against the upper echelon of the division. But she's certainly going to beat Julija Stoliarenko, for sure. I mean, this should be an easy win for her. I'd like to see her get to stoppage. Uh, and in doing so, she'll move to 14-5, and five, likely uh, on overwhelming significant strikes to get the win here in the women's flyweight division, UFC, London. Yeah, so I mean, when you look at Stoliarenko's record, what was it, 10 and 8 or something like that? I mean, it's just hard to look for an avenue for her to win. I mean, this is set up for the crowd uh, to go crazy and Molly McCann to get a big time stoppage. So expect to see that for sure. I mean, it's just not even going to be close. Then in the main event, you got another crowd favorite in Tom Aspinall, but he's taking on Marcin Tybura. And as you know, in the heavyweight division, anything can happen. In the heavyweight division at UFC London, you got Tom Aspinall coming in at 12-3, and three, taking on Marcin Tiber, who comes in at 24-7. and seven. And This should be an interesting fight. The crowd will obviously 
be su uh, supporting Tom Aspinall. Now he's 6'5", two inches taller than Tybura. He's only 30. Tybura, 37 years old. Both guys 78-inch reach. Both guys stand right-handed. Now a big advantage for Tom Aspinall is his activity. He lands over seven significant strikes per minute compared to 3.6 for Marson Tybura. He also lands four takedowns over the course of three rounds, just one for Tybura. So Aspinall has an advantage in all aspects of this fight, including 100% takedown defense. Now he's coming up the loss to Curtis Wades. Uh, by KO, but he did beat Alexander Volkov by submission, Sergey Spivak by KO, and he submitted Andre Orlovsky. That's a big one. Marcin Tybur, on the other hand, uh, has been looking good. 79% takedown defense, but he's beat Grigory Ivanov by decision back in February. Alexander Romanov, majority decision, his last loss was to Alexander Volkov. So common opponent goes to Tom Aspinall as well. And this should be an easy win for Tom Aspinall. He's got the crowd support. It's going to be, uh, the crowd's going to be in a frenzy by the time he takes uh, his walk to the octagon. And by the time that cage locks, they're going to be going crazy. So he's got everything going for him, including the stats. I think Tom Aspinall wins this fight easy, uh, likely by KO or submission to move to 13 and 3. Heavyweight division, UFC, London. Yeah, so... This should be, those are two easy predictions, right? I mean, Tom Aspinall is going to dominate. Molly McCann is going to dominate. And it's set up to be that way. When you have these London cards, I mean, you know, anything can happen in a fight. But when you look at the opponents for these home crowd favorites, it's pretty clear that London is going to be very happy, regardless of what happens in other fights like Paul Craig and taking on Andre Muniz and some others. Those will be closer, could go the other way. But in the final two, I think London uh, will be extremely happy when they get the wins here. Make no mistake about it. I mean, listen, it's set up that way. That's just the way it's set up. It's set up uh, for the crowd to be happy in the end. And expect a, a loud crowd, as we saw, I think it was back in January. So this is the second edition uh, of UFC London this year, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. But every time, the last three or four of these, it's been a great crowd. A great crowd. But expect those two to get the job done. Of course, we'll be back with more London predictions later in the week. And the other predictions are going to be tougher, but not those two. So stay tuned for that. This is your boy Chris Cross. Have a great day. And God bless.